This is Movies, a podcast about the active cinema. With me today is Hans, who uh, finally decided to upgrade his camera and is suffering tremendous difficulties. It's very unflattering. You can really see my adult acne now. I'm going to have to start wearing makeup to not look so fucking terrible and red and, yeah, very self-conscious. Yeah, but you got a backwards hat on like a cool guy. What is that, the Charlotte Hornets? Yeah, it's because uh, you can really see my receding hairline with this light. So it was just like a quick fix so that uh, the the nice people on the internet don't make fun of me too much. No, what you need to do is Zoom has the uh, touch-up filter, and you can add that, and you can look beautiful. Uh, You can be like an anime girl. I'm going to do that real quick. There we go. What? I think you can. Anyway, hey, we got Dalton on the show from the Loud Boys. Dalton, how are you doing? Dude, I'm doing well, man. How are you? Doing very well. Doing very. That's a perfect hat, Hans. Uh, uh, you, you. Uh, this is your first appearance on the show. We've had your buddy, your co-host, Robbie Goodwin, on a number of times. Um, how, how did, how do you know Robbie? You and Robbie seem extremely different. Two different people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, it's the Island of Misfit Toys, man. Um, he was a. Uh, I'm trying to remember how we met. I know that when I moved out here, the the chick I was living with, a friend of mine, she had known him from L.A., and I think she introduced us, and I just remember we would be just kind of the, the losers at the high school dance, but at the creek in the cave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, we would just be the guys like, yeah. <laughs> and so we just started hanging out, and then... um he had me on his other podcast. Uh, but yeah, we are very, very different people. <laughs> More importantly, I'm very curious how, how uh, Joe got roped into that. Because you, you take a look at you two and you're like, all right, well, these are two young men. Then you take a look at Joe and it's like, yeah, he's a young man. But he's not a young man, is he? No, he's geriatric. <laughs> he's yeah. on death's door. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, in his, he's probably closer to Hans's age here. Hans, he's, I mean. He's like, right. he's like 48, 49. Yeah. So did he just like groom you guys or what? No, um, Robbie knew him from San Francisco. They, I guess, because they're both from like the Bay Area, so they did comedy out there together. And he grew up Robbie just, and, then, and then just brought him along. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. and then um, I remember, yeah, uh, Joe. I think it was just Ro- Robbie was doing his other podcast. And one night he just, he had me and Joe on like two friends of his and it was like a, a, a decent vibe. So we just kept just doing that. <laughs> but I, when we started the show, I did not know those guys really. You can tell in the early episodes where it's kind of like still feeling each other. Uh, yeah. Well, like not, we, not entirely comfortable. Yeah. Like we had all, like they knew each other, but I had just met both of them. So what was this other podcast where he was doing like his Marin thing of just like one-on-one interview thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was um, yeah, it was called "Will Somebody Fuck Me with Robbie Goodwin." <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so what's going on with you and Gas Digital? I know you announced that you're partnering with Gas Digital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're we're still working everything out how this is gonna go down, but yeah, we're working alongside Lewis and Gas Digital. Um, so our show's not really changing. We still have full control over it. You know, we're going to 
do our free episode and our Patreon episode and have the Patreon available for the subscribers still. But um, yeah, we're just we're going to be recording there for the time being unless we find a better space we want to record it. But I like this studio, and um, and we're just going to be doing a lot of uh, cross promotion with Gas Digital. Is it just going to be Lewis as a guest every week? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, he can just he can just walk in on every show. I think. Yeah. It's going to be Louis J. Gomez presents the Loud Boys <laughs> featuring the, Louis J. Gomez. Yeah, that's what the merch is going to say. It's just his, yeah. it's just his name in big and little Loud um, Boys. No, it's a, it's a great opportunity. I'm I'm excited to work with Louis and gr- grow together as business partners. That's very cute. That's a cute way to put it. I like that. <laughs> yeah. He is uh, not my boss. We are business partners. <laughs> uh are you an eli roth fan you picked a movie tonight a movie that i watched actually i think um maybe last year because it was part of the uh the joe bob briggs last drive-in program but i i remember seeing this movie first in theaters in 2013 we're gonna be talking about eli roth's uh the green inferno by the way i thought this was an interesting choice um what was the uh what was the motivation behind picking this movie for the uh show subject I, i do love horror movies and I originally pit when when Hans reached out to me. I originally pitched Martyrs, and I had seen that, but that's a very very uh, bleak. I mean, this movie was also pretty bleak, but I just didn't want to watch that one again. So I was like, well, what's a what's a horror movie I haven't seen yet? And I remember Green Inferno, and I do remember as a kid when Eli Roth hit the scene when Hostel came out. Hmm. He was like this. Big, and I was a child, but I remember he was like this big scary figure in in movies at the time. Like there was like all this talk about uh, gore because gore was big then, and he I I don't know I that was such a weird time for movies because we did really fall in love with gore, and if you go back and watch Hostel one and two, they're not good. Yeah, they're not good movies, but I remember them being kind of praised at the time for being like somehow cutting edge or whatever and then uh so i wanted to i haven't seen i I had not seen this movie and so i wanted to see what it's like for this guy now and uh it ain't looking too good (laughs) no no and this isn't even now this is like eight years ago yeah i know this was years ago (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I remember Hostel was like one of those movies that was talked about where you just, it was shocking. You had to see it. I think I got like a bootleg DVD of it from a friend of mine and checked it out. I was like, all right, this is all right. This is okay. I enjoyed it at the time. Uh, like the snobby person's pick would be like, oh, well, you know, Hostel 2 is better than Hostel 1. Hostel 2 is the superior. Well, that's because more women get abused. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, not, I'm not particularly a fan of Hostel 2. That's probably where I fell off with Eli Roth, but I really enjoyed Cabin Fever in that first Hostel movie. Yeah, man. I will say, um, like, none of these movies are cinema. They're not, like, high art, but Cabin Fever and Hostel 1 are both fun, you know? And then, the yeah, I feel like... the. It, Green Inferno, especially, I never felt like I was having fun. <laughs> oh, I had so much fun with it. <laughs> I had so much fun just I mean, I because know. I, I felt 
I got to think about it because there were mo it was most there was a lot of boring parts. Yeah. yeah. And then there was parts that were disturbing. And now that I think about it, it does turn into kind of an Indiana Jones movie near the end, and that was fun. So we'll get we'll get into it. I think my biggest problem with this movie is all the Latin actors. I think they they were not that they were Latin, but just they're bad actors. You see, when you want to yeah. do a movie in where, wherever they shot this, then you're going to pull the local, I guess, cast, uh, you know, uh, actors that you can for the cast, and they're so stale. They don't know how to give a delivery at all, especially the well, the antagonist I, of the movie. I Terrible. think what he was going for was the feeling of um, those original uh, exploitation people go to the jungle movies like Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, because that I think that movie casted just like just random like I don't know whoever they knew or whatever an open letter that they found these people, and so it made it look very real. And uh, at the time, people thought it was real. I think he was trying to recreate that feeling because if you notice in the credits, he listed everybody's Twitter handles. I did see that. I just finished the movie a second ago. That was very peculiar. It's not something that has stuck with with movies since. I think that's because none of these people were actors. Yeah. The the only one that I recognized from the cast was the the kid from Spy Kids, the Daryl Sabra, uh, all grown up from World's Greatest Dad. Have you ever seen that movie? Um, I have not seen it, but I know, yeah, I know what it is. That That's always a good way to put it. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know what it is. That's, yeah, like, kid, I remember yeah. it came on, like, a Stars channel one day, and I caught pieces of it, and I was like, I've been, I'll check this out one day. I just never got around to watching all of it. Mm-hmm. He's the kid that uh, asphyxiated masturbating, right? That's the story? Yeah. Yeah. It's, right. Well, it's kind of a biopic now. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Eli Roth, the same year as this, wound up putting out another film called Knock Knock, which features, I believe, no, was, the same actress. Uh, 2015. Was that the Three one with Keanu? Later. 2015. Yeah. yeah, it was with Keanu. Uh, this was 2013. I could have sworn this was the same year as Knock Knock, and one of them got a delayed release. As a matter of fact, I think Green Inferno was shot and finished in 2013, and it might have been released in 2015. I could be wrong about that. Uh, One of the films was delayed. I remember there was some kind of news around this movie that it had been made, and he was trying to figure out how to... I don't know. I I, I don't remember. Yeah, This kind of came and went. They kind of made it for like a minute seem like it was going to be like this revelation like this big controversy but yeah it just it's just kind of not a good movie yeah, yeah sure. you're right uh it, it was released wide i guess that's how you say it on 2015 but it was made in 2013 so, so do you was, does it say like, what held up the movie it's not a, i mean look as far as films go it's not that controversial compared to his earlier films i don't know what no. the problem could have been uh i know that there was well, some twitter controversy at the time because he was taking a stab at sjw's in a way uh, before really anybody else in in media, I mean, was. one of the most ham-fisted ways I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just fucking clobbers you with his old man shaking his fist at kids. Uh, dude, that I mean, this this was brutal. That more than the more than the people getting eaten alive, the way that those college girls were acting, mm-hmm. that was that hurt to watch. <laughs> Well, that was what was satisfying for me, just seeing them die. They were so insufferable he, that I just wanted really them all up, to die. Very... 
he sets up such unlikable characters that you really do just you're like i don't care what happens to these yeah. people <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, the uh, the controversy I was reading about it earlier was that uh, there were some activist groups saying that the portrayal of uh, wild natives as wild natives uh, would cause violence against them or some shit like that. Uh, but he came out saying that uh, the people that uh, you should be upset uh, t- about were the people that were destroying those places, not someone that made a movie. Like, nothing is going to come out of this. Uh, so <laughs> I, I guess... Yeah, it's so funny because it's it's not like you would see one on the street. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's not unless unless there's like a what was that Tim Allen Jungle to Jungle. There was like a <laughs> right. situation like that. That would where... be a great double feature with this movie. Is <laughs> Jungle Tim to Allen jungle. goes to get his son and they eat him. <laughs> <laughs> his dick and balls off. <laughs> I just wanted to meet my son. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever seen like island theaters, but all I seen I mean when I was uh younger, I saw this clip of an island theater, I think it's in Fiji somewhere. And uh, all they would do is they would just gather around and they would just watch uh the three stooges at the theater every weekend. And that's the type of movies they got in Fiji. Is three stooges cart. They act like it just happened. That yeah. actually is awesome. I might move to Fiji. <laughs> You got Steamboat Willie and the Three Stooges. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, I would love to go to a theater and watch Three Stooges. I t- I'm on an I'm on an edible right now. Just thinking about that is making me happy. <laughs> well, that was also so funny because it was what like 15 minutes. So you just go in the theater for 15 minutes and then well, well, hold on. The three, they would give the you a newsreel at the front, right? They would show you World War II bombers uh you know killing japanese people with the, with the you know the plane and then they would cut to the three and then it'd be a happy time the, the three stooges would play i think before a movie so it would be like oh okay because i uh back in the day like we have the term trailer uh back in the day trailers played after the movie because they tra- trail 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 so they before movies they would play a uh, wartime propaganda and like Three Stooges and Disney shit. So you would get like actually like if you go to like a, a, a an artsy fartsy theater now, they don't play uh, trailers before the movie. They play like short films and stuff. So you get Three Stooges before Going with the Wind and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Huh. Dalton, have you Man. ever put uh, speaking of wartime propaganda? Have you ever put Jet Li's name into Google? No. No, you should put Jet Li's name into Google and take a look at the first photo of him on Google. It's pretty unflattering. It's pretty 1920s caricature. Jet Li. That's just the safe search off? I, I don't, maybe. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's Mickey Rooney. Yeah, yes, dude. It looks like Mickey Rooney yeah. at Bre- Breakfast at Tiffany's. Exactly dude. like him. Yeah, that's wild. That's awesome. <laughs> that looks, that, yeah, that looks like I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> what I'm gonna do? I don't know how to do this yet, but I'm gonna see if I can make that the album art for this episode. Um, just a gently space. Yes, just just that image at 600 what by 600. What is he doing in this dude? He has to know what he looks like. That's, that's so. Funny. Is it? Is it that? Is it, is you it want to hold it up? That? Just no, it's not that one. No, 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 no. Oh. That's not a nice one either. It's the main one. How do you miss it? Um, so I mean, I, mine's Costa Rican. Google. Oh, that's right. Well, don't <laughs> go to Google.cr. Go to Google.com like a normal person. Um, um, 
But Green yeah, Inferno, great. Green Inferno is Green uh, Inferno. the Green Inferno. Where would you? I mean, how many of his films have you seen? Is this the most recent film of his you've seen, Dalton? Yeah, I I, was, I don't know if I'm a, I was. I'm trying to remember if I was ever even a fan. Real, because I remember mm. watching Cabin Fever as a kid, and I liked. I enjoyed that. I like. I remember a scene where a guy gets a harmonica lodged in his throat. That was fun. Mm. There was the bunny. I like that. Uh, Hostel's fun. Hostel two is pretty dark. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, this is the most recent film of his I've seen. I'm I'm kind of interested in him as like a guy, as like a like an edge lord filmmaker who like thinks himself in the same realm as Tarantino and is obviously not. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's just kind of like a modern Kevin Smith in that way. Where he's brushing shoulders with, or like he's caught the attention of a guy who's much better than him or much cooler than him, but he thinks he's in that tier. Yeah, it's 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 like I I found this movie to not to be so lacking in any subtlety that it was just obnoxious. It was just like this is it just felt very like very childish. Well, the the diarrhea scene really caught me by surprise and made me oh, maybe maybe laugh. <laughs> <laughs> diarrhea! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, I, I I mean, I get the point. The point of the movie is it is supposed to be gratuitous. It's yeah. supposed to be like a um that it, it's not it's not supposed to be like high art it's supposed to be exploitation and splatter and blood and guts but even then i i was still like pretty bored a lot of the time what? i was like there's you a lot of nothing happening in this movie you didn't like the the scene where they got the natives high that was very clever yeah, i mean that, that's <laughs> Smith would write that. <laughs> By the way, the scene before that bothered me because that that so man, we're jumping all over the okay, so hold on. It's we need to, what, uh, what this movie is is it, it's a, a, a critique on uh white women. Mm-hmm. It's a it, truly it's Eli Roth doing like a Bill Burr bit, but <laughs> but in a movie about cannibals. Because it's it's all about like these two. We start off with these two college girls in like this uh this class where the this teacher is like female genital mutilation. Other <laughs> moving forward, just going to refer to it as FGM because uh, too many syllables. <laughs> they say they say FGM so many times in this movie. Like he's trying to brand it. Like he's trying to be like. Like that's gonna like he's gonna make shirts that say FGM. <laughs> it's gonna stick, yeah. My yeah, yeah, yeah. female genital manipulation T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. So these girl, so this chick hears about clitorectomies in the in the wild in the jungles, and she gets all pissed off and she's like huffing and puffing and like how could they how could we let this happen? And the teacher's just like shit, man. I don't know. What are you gonna do about it, bitch? And it's so like my daddy, my daddy works for the what is it UN or, yeah, or something? Dad's a lawyer right for the UN. So it's like we're, we're obviously in, oh, and so we're obviously setting up for this this chick right away to be an insufferable, um, just uh, like academic twat who thinks yeah. she's going to save the world by 
encroach. I, I don't even know. I don't know. That's the other thing. I don't know who the good guy in this movie is. Like, I don't know who I'm supposed to be rooting for because she fucking sucks. Yeah. And then, and then they're in the jungle with all the cannibals, and it's like, well, you—they shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. I'm kind of on the cannibal side here. Uh, I don't know, man. It was so that's like, a smart movie because everybody's wrong. It makes you think: who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Which side so, am I really man, on? I, I, I really need to sit with this one. This is what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, the message. Really you really got the gears turning, boys. <laughs> the message is that even though they might. Uh, kill your friends brutally and want to. I, I I don't know what what I don't even know what they were trying to do with her virginity uh, because no, I, thought I was going to ask gonna, you guys about that, that. So wait wait was that made clear that she's a virgin? And yeah. So they're, yeah. They're going to try and like force her into the tribe. So yeah, the plane crashes. Now they're all being held captive by cannibals, and. Uh, they can only do this clitorectomy on virgins. If you're a whore, they're just going to go ahead and kill you and eat you. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, so that so they they've picked her because she's a virgin. Like they do the thing with the they do the Aziz claw. The tribe woman, the leader, pulls it out and it's covered in blood. And so that's how. And I guess that's how they know she's a virgin. Oh yeah. yes, I guess. This is, dude, it's like shit like this. It's not scary for me to watch a woman with a big bone claw (laughs) shove it inside a woman's pussy and bust her hymen. Because that's what happened in that scene. I'm just now realizing what happened in that scene. Yeah. She finger fucked her with the bone claw and busted her hymen. And now they picked her to have a clitorectomy. Yeah, because she tried. She tried with the other two, and the other two were sluts. So they were just like, "Ow!" She, yeah. <laughs> like they were like, "Oh, ouch!" Yeah. yeah. She put the bone claw in there and said, "Damn, I could probably fit like three more bone claws." In there too. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it's not. That's not even scary to me. Um, it's it just comes across as like when you're thir- when you're thirteen and smoke K two in your friend's garage, <laughs> and it, you know like. When you're like getting high for the first time, shit, where you're like what you think is going to be cool and fun, but that just came across as like, I don't know, man. Do you, do you think? Do you think it would have been spookier if they were giving out like prostate exams with that instead? Or yes, that would be scary because now we're talking about my butt. Now I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to know some jungle bitch coming in my ass with a bone claw, popping hemorrhoids with a bone claw. You know that fat guy had hemorrhoids for sure. Had hemorrhoids. Dude, that would be a fun scene. Is they cut their hemorrhoids out? (laughs) I mean, I it's. I think I'm maybe looking at this movie from too uh, harsh of a because I think overall, if you can watch this. This is a fun. I did take an edible and watch it, and it's a it's a fun getting high movie, right? You know, and, and I'm, I'm I think I might be overthinking it because what we got in this, we've got we've got white women, which hey fellas, we all hate them. Yeah. And <laughs> what's, what's this movie about? White women sticking their nose where it don't belong and get mm-hmm. fuck around, find out. That's what this movie. Uh, this is the movie. This is the fuck around, find out movie. 
being fooled by a kind of brown guy that has a retarded accent and that's all they need to go to the jungle to convince all of them that he's hot hot i guess yeah yeah so after after justine the protagonist discovers uh clitorectomies and female fgm after she learns about fgm in her uh whatever class that was (laughs) uh she goes she finds like a some guy wants to fuck her and gives her a flyer. He's like, come with me. I'm, I work with these activists. And so she goes. And right away, so the leader of this group is this guy, Alejandro. Right away, I mean, this dude's bad news. You know, like, this guy is clearly, uh, I mean, I, I guess that's what's great about a male, this. A male I, feminist? I, no, no, no. He's clearly a psycho. And kind of a cult leader, right. and um, I guess this is what's great about this movie is everybody is so surface level mm-hmm. that you can just watch them get skinned alive and eaten and burned. And so, yeah, yeah, they, they don't give them they don't give them any depth so that you don't care for them at all. And instead, they they're just so obnoxious that when you see them getting cut to pieces you're kind of like yeah 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 they deserve it but who's the most intolerable character because i think he he probably would be in contention for that we don't see him as a matter of fact they added a button at the end because they were so confident this was going to be fire and it was going to get a sequel uh that never happened that he's alive i gotta be honest though the movie this sets up is more interesting to me because with yeah well because they go through all this you know, uh, the the play- so their plane crashes over the jungle, and people die in the crash. Whoever's left gets abducted by the cannibals, and the entire time they're abducted, uh, this one chick has diarrhea. I get horny, and then <laughs> um, the the leader of the group, Alejandro, is revealing himself to be like the Patrick Bateman of of this movie, just a cold, calculating uh, sociopath, and. Uh, the entire time he's like fucking everybody over and only looking out for himself. And so when he um, masturbates at some he, point, yeah, looking yeah. at everyone, yeah. <laughs> just so after, staring. So there's a scene. Yeah. So they're all in the cages and there's a scene with a blonde one. Um, they're all handed like bowls with pork scraps in them and they eat their pork. You can't, how can you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? Right. And, mm-hmm. and they, <laughs> So and she looks in the bowl and notices the tattoo that was on her like girlfriend or whatever, and I I I will say I found this scene disturbing. This actually bothered me uh, because this I, I don't know why this one got to me. Well, the little boys playing with the pieces of skin. So, no, 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 not that. Are you talking about the throat cutting? Yeah, when she she oh. realizes that she's eaten out of a a bowl that has her friend's skin in it. And so she's like, yeah. And so she smashes the bowl and slices her own throat. It, it should be prefaced. She is a vegan and she makes note to not yeah. eat any of the, the meat that is offered at any point. Yeah. And so, Oh yeah. yeah. And, yes. and they were less, they were lesbians too. She was her girlfriend. Yeah. Cause they, they kiss when she es- escapes. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. He, Eli Roth really, 
hammers home the point that this woman is vegan. Yes. Yeah. She it, it is her entire personality. <laughs> He's doing the very the 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 hack comic like the Joe Rogan like what's up what's up with vegans guys? <laughs> with Are you gonna character. start a war with Joe Rogan now like of Tony Hinchcliffe? Dude, I got beef with Joe Rogan. <laughs> Uh, after, is that a play on words? Humiliating defeat at the hands of Tony Hinchcliffe. I said, you know what? I'm just gonna go straight to the boss's castle, like in Chrono Trigger. <laughs> you know, Chrono Trigger, when you can go, just go right to 1999 right. and get killed by Lavos. Joe Rogan is Lavos, and I'm going straight to 1999. Does this make sense, guys? You play yeah. Chrono Trigger? <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Okay. I, know, I, I I haven't, but I know what it is. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, so she's all the whole movie. She's making it a point that she's vegan, and I think was the scene implying that they weren't actually pork scraps. It was like the pieces of the the woman. Uh, oh. I'm not certain. Uh, was it was it that they made? I don't know. I'm not going to take a stab. I, at I that. don't know. I, I I think what he was getting at is that not only was the bowl made out of skin, what they had fed them was that woman, and so the yeah. I I something about I will say something about suicide is disturbing in in a way that when people get killed doesn't bother me as much. You know what I mean? Like watching a woman, watching a woman slice her throat open does kind of give me the willies. The old Kate Spade move. Yeah, yeah, dude. (laughs) Um, That 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 really does make sense though, because you don't really see any pigs in the movie at all. So the fact that they're eating pig when all we've seen there's a boar. I think I'm fairly certain there's a boar. It's oh, there is. Oh, Oh. Hmm. Um, all right. But yeah, so. Man, this this was just now. Now I think okay. Here's how you gotta think about this. This is a theme park ride. This is just a gory uh, amusement park ride. Because I'm thinking back on it, there were a lot of fun kills. That first guy to get killed. Remember when the the lady goes? She has the the, the pussy bone claw, but before she uses it on pussy, she digs that <laughs> dude's eyes out and eats him. Yeah, cuts yes, his tongue yeah. off. And she's like cutting all of his limbs off. And what I, what I do like about this movie, this made me laugh, is all the scenes where they cut people's limbs off and they like throw them out in the crowd. They always have a shot of like a little kid grabbing like a leg. <laughs> yes, and running yeah. off with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm, I'm coming around with this dude. Eli Rothfucker rules, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with this movie. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a, a swan song to. The earlier part of his career where he was so uh, body horror centric uh, because right after this, he does get into knock, knock. And then, you, you know, you just kind of see generic thrillers from him. I know he does the Death Wish that remake, Death which Wish is movie. not very good. Uh, Don, have you seen God the Death damn. Wish remake? No, uh, I, somebody was just telling me about it. It looked really bad. It's, it's just Bruce Willis it's is Bruce a male Willis. nurse, and then he goes on the Breakfast Club or something. I don't know. It's a piece of shit. I watched it on a Greyhound bus one time, coming back from New York City. And uh, that was what was appropriate for that movie. I didn't lose anything at all not seeing that in the theater. Uh, and then he did a, a, a children's film recently, I think with Jack Black, called, I think it was The, the House with the Clock in Its Walls. Yep. That actually uh, looks good. I haven't seen this. We're big this. fans of, the, of Jack Black on The Loud Boys, so... Goosebumps? You, you, you watch Goosebumps? I actually kind of like that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I, I didn't check it out. I watched it. 
it's it's a romp, dude. It's it's a fun little meta movie where it's like he plays R.L. Stein and all of his books come to life. And then at the end of the movie, uh, R.L. he meets R.L. Stein at, at the school, and uh, they're they're like, "Who's that?" And he goes, "That's Jack. He's the music teacher." <laughs> Oh, that's no. he does it a Stan Lee quiet. style cameo. Ah. <laughs> what a fun little movie! Uh, <laughs> did you check like out? No, I was gonna say, did you check out Fear Street at all? That was the other famous R.L. Stein series. It. I yeah, first, I watched the first one, and I was just, I just didn't, it didn't connect with me at all. I really disliked the uh, the reliance on pop music to try and make up for. Uh, the complete lack of 90s vibe. Yeah, that's so distracting to me when a movie is set in a certain time and they just keep beating you over the head with the, the whatever the top 40 was then. That's, that's it. Uh, and, uh, the uh, House of Gucci trailer, have you guys seen that where they just play Heart of Glass like every other period piece no. 80s, 70s film? Please. I'm getting tired of period pieces, dude. I'm getting tired of shit being set in another decade. What about something like The Favorite? Was that? I don't know. You ever see Barry Lyndon? Oh, yeah, that's good. That's, that's, that's no, a... I mean, there seems to be, like, a lot of things being made now that's, like, it, yeah, I mean, just nostalgia and all that. It's, it's yeah, just getting... Just, just remember this. Remember how this was a thing once? You remember yeah. when you were a kid? Do you might like this because they know uh, my big... people will show up if they go oh oh i feel familiar i feel some sense of nostalgia for that like that that takes the place of quality and um most of the the cases are these like recent movies now, well, and TV shows. I, and so i will say to this movie's credit now i'm, I'm turning into a real cinephile and now i'm thinking <laughs> now i'm really thinking about this i will say to this movie's credit and to eli roth eli okay because you guys did Rob, Robbie talked about Zack Snyder with you guys, right? Always. Every time yeah. we've had him on, yeah. yeah. Every time. You guys, you guys are fans of Zack Snyder? Hans loves Zack Snyder. Me, I'm fair weather. The more yeah. I'm thinking about this, I think why I picked this movie is deep down, I believe Eli Roth to be the Zack Snyder of horror. Even mm. though Zack Snyder has made horror movies. <laughs> I think you Eli, know. You, you, you know what? As a Zack Snyder fanatic, uh, I agree with that statement. <laughs> because, you know what? This, this movie, for all of its flaws, was made in earnest. You know? It was right. um, clearly Eli Roth at, at a young age watched Cannibal Holocaust and all of those old school cannibal movies. And he loved them and he was inspired by those films. And he wanted to make his own uh, cannibal movie like that and i do think there is a sincerity to this movie that you don't find in a lot of movies and that's you're completely right a lot of these types of films will rely on uh tongue-in-cheek comedy that comes at the expense of the film that the people are watching like haha isn't this a piece of shit it's kind of a cop-out whereas he commits to it all the way through and does treat it like a sincere uh, movie as ridiculous as moments in it may be. So I do think it has that enduring quality to it. Uh, certainly more so than, um, I don't know, Hans, give me an example of a, like a recent horror movie where they do exactly what I just said they did, where they just kind of uh, use the, you know, the, the theme of the movie at its own expense uh, to make the audience more comfortable. Uh, 
Oh, Jesus. Uh, fucking recent horror movies? Uh, uh, I mean, I happy... know, Army of the Dead. What? That's not a yeah. horror movie. I mean, it's just That's, an action movie. Yeah. This is a bad movie, yeah. It's, uh, what about really something, like, something like Happy Death Day? That was very successful, right? Yeah, I think Blumhouse really uh, does dig into that probably more than anybody else. Yeah. A24, if you check out any of their horror movies, it's almost serious to a fault at times. Yeah, there's just slow, atmospheric, and sometimes just bland and not very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, that's that's the thing. Not you know, it's like you got movies like Hereditary and Midsommar, and all these like artsy movies, and I, I love those movies. And the people making those movies were, I think, they were just inspired by different things. And I, I think Eli Roth was inspired by those same things, but what he was attracted to more was sort of the aggressive gory uh like heightened reality type of uh horror movies and that's what he you know and that's what he wants to make um where uh and you know it has its place um i don't it's it's gonna i don't know if he's ever gonna make another decent movie but no, he's uh, kind of hopped I, into the career trajectory of a lot of those. I don't. I mean, I don't know how well versed on like '80s horror directors you are, Dalton. But a lot of these guys, like a John Carpenter or uh, a John Landis, at a certain point they kind of hopped out of horror, did more commercial-friendly movies, and then wound up sterilizing their their own style. Like maybe they got bored of doing what they were doing, tried to do something for a little bit of money, then tried to get back into it, and it's not really the same thing anymore. So I don't know. Uh, you don't really see too many other horror directors that are on that path that Eli Roth, I guess, is on right now. I don't know what he's up to. I know I, he was supposed to do that Jason Statham movie. The what was it called? The Meg, that shark movie. Yeah. Um, and then you you check into that that film. Whoever wound up helming it, it's just like Chinese. Well, let propaganda. me let me say something. Now that this edible is really hitting me. I fucking love the Green Inferno. Dude. <laughs> I fucking dude. I really come around. And you know what? I love Cabin Fever. I love Hostel, Hostel Two. Uh, That's it. You can't really go further than that with his. Yeah. With his hey, movies, listen. Really. I mean, knock, knock's know. not bad. I'm thinking about it, and it is like there is something about just hyper gratuitous violence. That, I mean, Alejandro says it in the movie. Violence is also good for stress relief or whatever when he's beaten off. And they're like, How could you be jerking off when they're like cutting every girl's clits off and eating us and he's like, I need to focus and then yeah. he grabs that guy and choking him and he's a, he wants to, he's about to come when the villagers come up yeah. and they're like <laughs> Yeah, because he, he he gets more into it as he's being choked too. You can see his face; he gets more intense. It's so funny, it's so funny dude. And before that, we see a woman have diarrhea. <laughs> this rocks, and, man. and native children laughing at her because she stinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is like this is just like a almost like a tasteless apocalypto. This is like, <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is when a Jew tries to make apocalypto. <laughs> I forget. Because this, so we were talking about this Alejandro guy is just a total sociopath, and so uh, he's been he's been a dick the whole movie. And so they got they they've captured Justine again, and they they brought her. This is where I got frustrated. 
because this movie shows us all the gory kills, guys, people getting skinned alive, chopped up, all this. In the entire movie, they've been telling us FGM, FGM. And so they, they tie her up, and they're going to perform a clitorectomy on her. And it he fucking blue balls us with the clitorectomy. <laughs> they got her tied up, and there's a there's a little kid who the entire movie, she's got had this little flute. She's been, like, being, like, his Peter Pan. She's like, <laughs> yeah. She befriends one of the villagers. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> and so he saves her just in the nick of time right as they're about to cut her pussy off he comes in and unties her and I'm like but the- why, why did you take us this far not to show us the clitorectomy it also doesn't make sense because in that culture that's normal so why would the kids stop something that for them is normal yeah it's like all she somehow broke a language barrier with her little keychain flute and made this kid like love her she like trained this <laughs> to keep her her pussy alive yeah 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 and so we don't get to see the clitorectomy <laughs> and then she escapes and she doesn't uh alejandro's like wait wait he saved me and she's like ah fuck you alejandro <laughs> and then her other buddy that was alive they do the ant thing with him that steve-o did and wild boys yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, they like time up. They time up, and they're beating the fuck out of him, and they cover him in like green sauce, verde sauce, or whatever. <laughs> and they let the ants loose. And man, this was actually a cool scene. I kind I like it when characters do this. Uh, I like this better than suicide because she comes up on her friend who's been stung by, bitten by all these ants, and uh, she's like gonna tie, untie him, and he just goes. Kill me, kill me, and she's like, "I want to kill you." This, I like this better than suicide because it, it's um more. It, I don't know. There's more of like a human connection. It's not somebody just doing it, and then you're like, "What the fuck?" It's like, okay, I have your permission. Uh, you know, I will guide you into the next world, my yeah, friend. The, I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. your recreation of the movie more than I'm probably the movie itself, dog. <laughs> I just watched her right before this, so it's like fresh on my mind. But she won't kill him, and so her little like this Boyfriend. is what the movie at this point has become like an Indiana Jones movie. Like even the music turns into like like running around the jungle. That sounds more Beverly Hills Cop. Well, yeah, yeah. There's always curb music, your enthusiasm. The music came. The music became. Cut the pussy off. Right. (laughs) Cut the pussy off. Um, Yeah. The little boy. So now it's an Indiana Jones movie, and the little little villager boy she's befriended has become the short round of this movie. But instead of being like a cute little Asian boy who, you know, no time for love, Dr. Jones. The little boy is the one who kills her friend. He like slices his throat for her. And, and the boy says to her with his eyes, like, okay, I, you can go now. <laughs> I, I took care of it for you. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, dude. Because then, this is where it becomes like apocalypto. Because as she's escaping, the villagers are chasing her down. And she runs to like a riverbed. And there's like a blue tiger or something. Mm-hmm. It, a ti- I've never seen a tiger this color. It really got yeah. me, man. It's striking. 
It's very dark, yeah. Yeah, and she's facing down the tiger, and it, it's set up as if it's almost like a like a trial for the villagers. Now, instead of a clitorectomy, she's she has the chance to prove herself by braving the tiger. And that is what happens. That's exactly what happens is she she faces down the like she swims across and she's not afraid of the tiger. And then there's all these like Mexicans that have shown up that are shooting all the villagers and gunning them down. And so she holds up her phone and her last act in the movie is she's she's like, I've got you on camera. Filmo. She she says Filmo. (laughs) And so she's filming it. So she's still going to be the savior of this tribe. She passed the tiger trial. She passed the tri- the trial of the tiger. Uh, it's the eye of the fight. <laughs> <laughs> she's queen now, yeah. So now, yeah. now she's protecting the tribe in this moment. And so she just witnessed these people, like, massacre they weren't. I mean, they weren't even really her friends. I think she had just met all of these people, mm-hmm. so I guess she didn't really have a connection to anybody. It kind of sounds yeah, like honestly, honestly, Art... <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, why not be friends with the tribe? You didn't know these <laughs> other fucking people. Yeah. It's like yeah. you just met all. Yeah, everyone involved. You had just met. You watched them all get killed and eaten alive, and it's like. I don't know. We weren't supposed to be here anyway. I might as well. I'm on the tribe. Yeah, I'm kind of on the tribe side here. It kind of she sounds like also- Ari Aster needs to deliver some credit to Eli Roth with this movie because that's the same ending as Midsummer. They just make her the May Queen at the end. She embraces the murder of all her friends, and then she's kind of into it. Yeah. yeah. Hi. Pretty much. Yeah, because that's that's kind of what happens at the end of this it's because she's at like a deposition or or. Uh, She's testifying to her dad and other people, and she's lying to them, saying, I never encountered any aggression from them, uh, no hate or anger or violence. And this one guy's like, I say, I say, he had some weird accent. He's like, Yes, they got Foghorn Leghorn to play this character. No, no, they say these jungle Mexicans are cannibals. Oh, uh, now, now, did you experience anything of the sort while you was down there? And she goes, no, uh, they were very friendly to me, and they guided me uh, out of the jungle. So she she defend, like she sticks up for them, and this effectively uh, stops their uh, rainforest from getting bulldozed. And then the movie ends. She does. She lies at this testimony, and then does like a sinister look at the camera, and um. It's Alejandro. Alejandro. Right, there's the fake out with Alejandro where she. Well, I'm I'm thinking because at first I hated that in like that scene because I was like, how could you watch all of your friends get eat? Like, I don't know. But then I'm like, yeah, you really shouldn't have even been there. You know, this is white women stick it. You fucked around. You found out. I'm telling you, this was fuck around. Find out. (laughs) But it also makes sense that she doesn't care because uh, as soon as they get there and they realize that it's not how they thought it was going to be. And, and they're like, well, we should get guns or whatever. And, and Alejandro says, no, she's annoyed for the whole entire time. They're, they're alive until they get caught. You can see in her face. It's just like, I really shouldn't be here. Like she's really annoyed with the fact that she's there. And also with the, with the biracial fat guy that keeps trying to hit on her very awkwardly. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that makes sense that she would stand up for the, I don't know the they didn't cut my clit 
Well, did Same. He? Well, she did. Well, I'm telling you. I'm telling you what happened was the 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 tiger trial. That was when she connected with the tribe. Because remember, <laughs> the tribe leader, the the guy in black black body, yellow face. I mean, yeah. Tiger Woods. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's got the, he's got like the dinosaur bone through his nose. He's like he's been shot by these the the Spanish people, and I think if I remember right, he actually says we need you. I I think he said he speaks English. That I I don't know. I don't, um. Hmm. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember that. I think that might be I the edible. Know. She comes up on him, and he's still alive, and he's like, <laughs> and the, I get that moment was her realizing that no, like, just nobody should have encroached on this tribe, and she just she just fucked up beyond belief. So yeah, I get. I guess it makes sense that she would do what she can to make sure nobody else goes down there and fucks with them. But here's. Here's where I get excited, okay? Because we have the we have the the Marvel mid credit stinger, where uh, she's walking down the hall, and Alejandro comes up behind her and he goes, "Wait, it's me, Alejandro! I made it!" And she turns around and then she turns into Melina from Mortal Kombat and eats him. And it's a it's a great little jump scare, like you know, like a Friday the Thirteenth like dream sequence, because then she wakes up. And her in you know she take she, she she's had a dream, and then we go back to the credits, and then during the credits, well, there's the the people protesting outside with t-shirts with oh, Alejandro's face. Right. Yes, oh, yeah, that's right. He's like Che Guevara now. Yes, yeah. Alejandro, the the uh, pervert sociopath, the guy who's beating off, who got <laughs> him all into this situation. Um, and but oh, we didn't even talk about like. The entire time that they were getting eaten alive and all that, he said, like, this is good for my organization. He was mm-hmm. like, he was saying, he basically said, like, what we were doing here was just a, basically a photo shoot. And he's like, this will allow us to do greater things with my organization. And, and if, uh, if, if you if you haven't seen the movie, he sounds exactly like that. It's a, yeah, an, an yeah, accent yeah. from, from like, nobody knows where that accent yeah, is from. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so then, and then at the end of the movie, um, she, the main character, goes out of the window and opens the curtains, and there's like a protest outside. And I, who, he doesn't explain what they're protesting, but they're going free Samara, free Samara, which I think honestly is might be a reference to the ring because Samara was the the bitch <laughs> in the ring. So right. yeah, so now okay, now we're getting a crossover with the uh, <laughs> Green Inferno in the ring. <laughs> The Alejandro, ring Inferno. Alejandro has found the tape and he's going to show it to Justine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to the natives. Yeah. But so, yeah, so they're, they're having a protest and all of their shirts have Alejandro's face on it. As che, it's like a Che Guevara shirt with Ale- I mean, just another heavy handed, you know, basically a tweet, but in a movie. Yes, yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we, and, and then. I wish we could get this sequel because then here in the credits we we have like a satellite image and it's a phone call. Justine gets a phone call and it's uh, this woman goes, "Hello, is this Justine?" And she goes, "Yes." 
Just Wait, she's it. she's not Mexican. <laughs> just saying, it's not Mexican. Yes. And she goes. I am Alejandro's sister, and Justine's like, I can't really talk right now. She goes, wait, wait, wait. I found a satellite photo. And as she's saying all this, there's a satellite that's like, zoo, enhance, enhance, enhance. Yeah. And she's like, we need to talk. And that's and so we see uh, a, a top-down shot of Alejandro, and he's now he's like the tribe leader. He's got the black and yellow, like yeah. the Wiz Khalifa paint. And yeah. And so we had, now we're setting up like a fucking apocalypse now sequel because like he's taking over the tribe, dude. Alejandro has like Colonel Kurtz the tribe. That's what I got out of that. And the sequel is going to be like a fucking apocalypse now movie. I, I, I that could have been great. I never made that connection that he took over the tribe. I thought he just was there. I thought he survived, and for some reason, his sister no, he's, was mad. No, because you didn't see like painted. his entire body was black. So he had, mm. and that was the that was the paint that only the the tribe's leaders had on. So right, it's right. suggested that Alejandro has now become. He must have uh, passed the tiger trial as well. <laughs> And he's he's been accepted and become a tribes leader. He must, I don't know how many clits he had to cut off to do that. <laughs> but he cut off every. He was the rootinest, tootinest uh, clit cutter in the in the jungle. <laughs> and he's the tribes leader now. And I I feel like what what he was setting up would be like having to go back to this uh, jungle, and he's like a current the Colonel Kurtz of this tribe now. It sounds a lot, a lot more interesting than the first one, really. Yes, Just dude. Ex- right. Explore this crazy maniac, yeah, in the jungle, surrounded by natives, a, well, a native army. It's just it's cannibal holocaust uh, completed to almost a T, except you have a survivor in this movie. So that could have been that. I know he wasn't even set to direct the sequel. I'm pretty sure that was going to be one of his guys, like one of the producers or or cameramen on this film, like an AD. Uh, and then it got pulled from development. I mean, how did how did this movie perform at the box office? Obviously, critically, it probably wasn't great. Yeah, critics hated it because it was racist. Oh, right. It's a um, racist movie. Yeah. Fuck off, dude. This movie rocks. Okay. <laughs> Don't you love when whenever uh, something is uh, portrayed accurately? Because that's kind of what those tribes are like in the wild when they've never well, yeah, even had contact. By, by the way, there are... Because it didn't that just happen like a year or two ago? Like that missionary mm-hmm. went to the one of the um, Sentinel, like Sentinelese Islands, right? That hasn't been discovered. He was yeah. going to go there and teach the good word of Jesus Christ and peace and love and all that, and they just immediately murdered him. Oh, I thought this was, like, was Detroit. Sight with this dude, like. <laughs> And it's turned into a I mean, pink cushion, yeah. Yeah, it was basically like his green inferno. I was like, this dude had he had like good intentions, but the road to hell, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and well, it made twelve million, twelve point nine million with a five million budget, so it did made its money back, I guess. But uh, yeah, that, uh, I, I just, I guess, I have an issue with with uh, uh, white liberals getting upset when something is portrayed as savage as they are, because like this literally happened, and well, the biggest problem they had was was the that way, that it's, it's the racist. Way this, the way this was made, Eli Roth wants that to happen because now it's because because it is like 
uh, there is a lar- there is like a contingent of people who play into that. And the way this movie's made is like white liberals getting upset on behalf of somebody else, putting the putting themselves in a situation they don't belong in, and you know getting murdered alive for it. And so then what happens in real life is the same thing, just on Twitter, you know. And so and that's good for Eli Roth, who's in the business of making uh, edge lord movies. Right. So we agree the that of his all, career all... was was outrage from the very beginning. I mean, even with Cam- yeah. Cabin Fever. So he, I mean, he, yeah. and he's deliberately stirring the hive by making them social justice war. They do a little bit more action than the average social justice warrior. But yeah, in, in fact, I think where where this movie didn't succeed is people weren't upset enough. I think it was just like, but at this moment, at this point in time, Eli Roth had shown us just pretty much he was just kind of playing the hits with each movie and this just kind of came and went i remember people were upset for like a day and it was over Mm -hmm. there was no real controversy this didn't go anywhere uh and it now this movie just kind of exists as like a gross out fun little movie yeah and i think i think honestly up until i mean really recently uh people haven't been watching it you know it's not Something that, I mean, maybe it's been planted on Netflix. That's where I watched it. Uh, but it's not something that's talked about. It's not something that's really uh, beloved. If anything, I think uh, the Keanu Reeves Knock Knock movie that came out the same year is uh, much more interesting and has more sticking power because he winds up in kind of like a Chris D'Elia situation in that movie. You know? He's been oh, messing around yeah. doing bad things I, on the I've phone heard, with girls. I've heard that movie's good. I've I've heard good things about that. It's pre- it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, he uh, he sleeps with two girls and then he finds out they're both underage after the fact and then they just like they are blackmailing him and hold him hostage while his family's away uh, at his at his home somewhere also in this same location because Eli Roth was in the business of saving money when he made his movies so they're all vaguely Hispanic. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that they're Spanish. I think that. I know the Armas, I think that's one of the girls, and and I think the other one's the the one the star in this one. Yeah, is this the same girl that was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Let me check. I don't think so. I think this girl plays Leo's wife, and I could have it wrong. Maybe it's just another. Yep. Uh, play, okay. She plays Fran- Francesca something. Uh, oh. Right, she plays Leo's wife at the you end know, of the movie. You know, I just remembered. Um, when Eli Roth first hit the scene and he was like the hot shit in like horror cinema, I remember. Do you guys, did you guys ever see that movie Slither? Yes. Uh, yeah, that was James Gunn, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I and I remember at the time it was Eli Roth presents Slither. He like produced it and he like put his name on it to help promote the movie because James Gunn was like an unknown at the time. And it's so funny how now it's like. James Gunn's just like rocking it over Eli Roth in the industry. Yeah, yeah. he got quick that to movie's... do that. I feel like you you have to earn some credibility first before you start presenting films. Because if you look at any of like Quentin Tarantino presents movies, they're they're all piles of shit. But that was like ten, fifteen years after he did Dude, Pulp Fiction. Well, that's the thing. Didn't Quentin Tarantino do that for Eli Roth? Yes, that's like, how Eli Roth got into. Yeah, it. Quentin Tarantino presents Hostel. Right. That's and that's how it, that shit is so funny to me because 
if if you know movies, if you just like are like us, where like we just are fans of movies, we know what that means. But that's that only people they only do that for rubes. They only do that for like right, dumb dumbs right, yes. who just see a name and go, "I know that guy. This must be a movie he made and is good." And it's like, no, 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 that guy had nothing to do with this. He just allowed him to put his name on yeah. it. Yeah, it's his friend, um, with a recognizable name. That's it. Yeah, and that and that's how we get this this world now, where Eli Roth thinks he is on the same level as Quentin Tarantino. Which which is the director we were talking about recently that he should not be doing this guy presents whatever because he doesn't have enough movies. Loris, do you remember? Uh, it. I mean, it probably wasn't Eli Roth, right? It's somebody more no, recent. Yeah, um, it's like a horror director, but Fede Alvarez. I Fede Alvarez, right? He did Evil Dead yeah. and he did Don't Breathe, and that's yeah. about it. And fuck, dude, and, I tell you what, though, solid movies. Have you seen the trailer to Don't Breathe too? No, I fucking love this. Hey, did, hold on, did you see Don't Breathe? <laughs> hold on, wait, hold on. How? How long? How much longer are we doing? I got a low battery warning. I just need to go get my charger. Uh, wait, however you're good for, really. All right, let me go get it, and then we'll, we'll rock it for like ten more minutes. All right, all right, all right. One second. Yep. Uh, Fede, uh, what is your gripe with Fede Alvarez anyway, Hans? I just don't really think he should be presenting anything because uh, I don't know. Like his movies has made money, have made money again, but uh, I guess, but uh. I guess Evil Dead, <laughs> Evil Dead is my biggest problem. That I, I just don't like that movie. I don't like what he did with it. Uh, but I, I just feel like if you if you're going to be presenting things, you, you should have more than three, four movies. You know, not just a couple of hits and, and that's it. Well, do you like just not Guillermo like the Toro, Evil Dead movie because it was serious? Like it was a serious straight uh, uh, send up of the the films. I just don't. It didn't feel like an Evil Dead movie to me because it. Like it, it didn't have any of the elements of those evil that movie. So if he, if it was called uh, Evil Cabin, it would have it wouldn't have changed anything. Or Evil Book, you know, the connection there was very shallow. And I'm a big fan. But of they those had movies, Bruce so. Campbell at the end in front of his famous car, and he says "groovy" and it's cool. Everybody yeah. in the theater was clapping and cheering. Everybody was having a happy happy night because of that. Yeah, the universes were connected. Um, yeah. <laughs> what did you think of that series they did for Stars? Oh, fuck. It was fun. It was, uh, well, I guess, what you would expect for an Evil Dead series where he's old now. I, I'm not a huge fan of what the new one sounds like, where it's just, what, Ash's daughter or something, and it's her story now. I don't know anything now. about this movie. It's going direct to HBO Max. I mean, they, they just uh, decided to greenlight 10 movies for next year because I guess they're going to stick with this rollout method that they've been doing, and I don't mm. mind it. But I think if they start thinking with that in mind, as opposed to just like, well, whatever theatrical movies are going to get dropped on there each month, they're going to wind up being piles of shit like Netflix has done, like Amazon Prime has done. It's it's going to yeah, go just, down a, a, a dark route. Uh, are you going to watch Suicide? Should we do a show on the Suicide Squad, speaking of James Gunn? Sure, I guess. I don't know. It's been getting a lot of really good reviews, but I don't trust early reviews ever because they're bought. They're it, people that are getting the movies early, so they're not going to criticize it as harsh as if they see it later. Right, you can't trust. So all these, those. yeah. Uh, so the all one, type that is getting um, one know. of the okay. few trust. Okay, welcome I'm back. back. Uh, so uh, I, I I wanted to get into free. I got frustrated, but I went and got the right cable. We're good. All right, what were you guys talking about? 
Yes. Uh, don't <laughs> breathe. We're just going to talk about Suicide Squad real quick, though. Um, are you into that at all? That's James Gunn. So mm, the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. It looks good. I like James Gunn a lot. Um, he like. Um, you like his tweets? His I've seen. Do what? I said you like his tweets. Oh yeah. I mean that's <laughs> dude. That is, his tweets are probably his best work. The same as uh, <laughs> how Michael Richards' two minutes at the Laugh Factory are better than anything Seinfeld has ever said on stage. I like that he looks like Michael McDonald though. Just white. What, what the fuck is beard, this look? This whole white-headed look of his. This is disturbing stuff. Don, have you seen James Gunn lately? No. It's terrifying. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I, uh, the James Gunn movies I've seen, I've really enjoyed. Super, Slither. Yeah. Super's um, underrated, yeah. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, I wanted to talk about this, this Don't made. Breathe. I don't know if you saw Don't Breathe. That's a Blumhouse movie from uh, Fede Alvarez. It had, I think his name is Stephen Lang. Uh, mm-hmm. And the whole premise of this movie was he was capturing girls to keep in his basement to fill with his his freeze frozen sperm. He was going to fill them with sperm he's been saving up to get one of them pregnant because his daughter died in a car wreck. Yeah, is I mean, that the first the fir- premise of the first one? I don't remember that movie. being. The, There's oh, no. That's... Let me say something. There's no wrong way to grieve. <laughs> i've dealt with it myself did your freezer come i've been i have been hoarding cum. <laughs> and my roommates have asked me what is this is the uh, is this white people shit and i go no it's not white people shit it's white people come <laughs> uh, and, so and i tell them i've lost someone i really love <laughs> So they understand. Yes. Oh, we we understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm trying to bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> but you see Dalton with a, 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 a fiery pentagram on the ground covered in his own cum yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to bring him back? <laughs> yes. Ave Satanas. <laughs> What's wild about this movie is he obviously he's the antagonist of that film. He's the scary guy in the basement. In this sequel, he's all of a sudden the good guy. They're doing a Terminator 2 situation where he's fending Classic. off the house to protect his new daughter that he, you know, based it into he's a right, baby? <laughs> yes. So and they're like, it's, I guess so. One of the guys is like, what? I'm going to tell her, you know, how, how she was conceived or something like that. And then he freaks and out imagine, and goes Wolverine imagine mode. Having to, yeah, imagine having to explain that to your daughter. Yeah, you, know, you raise her as a single father, and then you're wondering, "Oh my God, she's gonna have questions one day. She's gonna grow up, and it's before I know it, she's gonna be asking me those questions I wasn't ready to answer." So when a man, when a man loves, when a man loves a woman, how am I gonna tell her that I kept her mother and twelve other women in my basement and force-fed my cum into their pussies? Yeah. when a man loves his daughter you know you kidnap 12 women freeze your cum and just yeah. ice pop it into their pussy until one sticks yeah being a parent is tough <laughs> uh dog what what are, what, are, what are your thoughts on this pig movie i just oh, saw I love, pig 
I, I saw a pig recently. I posted a nice shot of the inside of the theater. Been a while since I've been in the theater. Dude replies to my tweet with the, the address of the theater. He said, that looks exactly like... And then the theater name and place. I was very scared. Uh, but this pig movie was pretty good, huh? I loved it, man. Yeah, it was... Um, took me by surprise because it, uh, it... I hadn't seen many ads for it. But it looked like it was going to be like uh, Nicolas Cage's John Wick. Like it has a similar plot where it's like he has a pig and then uh, something, a fowl runs upon the pig and he's set out to, uh, you know, it's avenge his pig in a way. Or, it, you know what I mean? It's like similar to how at John, in John Wick they kill the dog and he goes on a killing spree because. And I thought this was going to be Nicolas Cage going on a killing spree, and uh, it was. It man, I don't want to spoil it. I will say, I got, you got to go in as cold as possible, and it's a wonderful, quiet, beautiful movie. It's it's a lot sadder than I was expecting. It's I also thought very very I, I, very sad. <clears throat> it, John Wick gets you pumped. Yeah, I, yeah dude. John, dude, John Wick is the green inferno to this, to this movie. Dude, it, yeah, at, at all times, I was expecting him to do exactly that. Just go crazy because everyone's just fucking around with him about his so pig. But restrained, man. I, I don't want to... I Because this is a movie that very rarely... And this is part of the movie... Very rarely do I care about a movie so much <laughs> that I, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. <laughs> How about this? How about this? Very if, few things if, we get to care about in this life. If anybody who hasn't seen Pig uh, does not want to be spoiled, just jump out right at this very second. G- say goodbye to Dalton. That's the end of the show. All right, let's talk about Pig. This pig fucking dies. Alan Arkin kills yeah. the pig. It's sad. It's very sad. Alan Arkin, oh, Chicago Hope. Yes. <laughs> Damn, dude, they made him look so Middle Eastern. I thought he was like some Arab guy. Because <laughs> Alex Wolf looks Arab, and I was like, yeah. this is, they got like some Muslim. Dude, I did not even realize that was Alan Arkin. <laughs> you know what I really don't like about this Alex Wolf is all those distracting moles on his face. That was so oh, gross dude, in the movie. He has such a weird look, man. He's like Shelly Duvall. He's like ugly, but kind of hot. <laughs> That's uh, that's an app comparison. Yeah, and he's. Uh, I like how he goes on uh, kind of a. He doesn't. He doesn't go on really a journey, but he goes through like a character evolution where he's a tryhard, and he's at least less of a tryhard by the end of the movie. He feels a little more secure in himself, maybe. Well, it, it's it's um, two different people from two different generations, different backgrounds, each dealing with their own grief, and. Uh, you know they but they're each putting up like walls they're like guarding themselves because because grief is consuming them and then circumstances make it so that they each have to start tearing down those walls and really find a way to move forward and find some kind of purpose in life something to care about 
Um, man, I'm gonna get sad. Guys. Did you cry? We Did know- you cry when the pig was revealed dead, Dalton? Of course, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude. When Nicholas Cage just like falls to the ground immediately, and then it's it's like a fucking grenade in Saving Private Ryan. Like all the sound goes out. Oh my god, I was, dude, I was bawling. <laughs> Hans, were you touched by the... I know you watched Pig right before this show. Yeah. No. <laughs> I have no feelings. I love, no. The, I love that the only moment in the movie where Nicolas Cage goes full Nicolas Cage is that that kid, when he's taking the bicycle and the kid comes up to him and he goes... Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the yeah, only yeah. time we see him like really let loose in the rest of the movie. He's just so restrained. Just like it's so tense because you feel like at any moment this dude's mm. gonna snap, and he never does. He keeps his cool the entire movie, except for when he uh, yells at the kid and when the pig dies. Uh, and then like like the phoenix, they him and Alex Wolf both just have to keep living. The, ah, dude, I'm do we know? <laughs> do we, do we know what happens to the mom? To the mom, because I think the only thing we hear about her is when the nurse is like, "Oh, I'm gonna drain her trachea or some gross." Yeah, you want to come in and see? So... You want to say hi while I dump the juices from her body out into this tube? <laughs> well, say yes, hi to mom. That's, that's also Nicolas Cage is capable of finding closure because his wife is for sure dead, mm-hmm. but for for Alex Wolf. It's just being dragged on and on and on because they're keeping her alive, even though she's pretty. What they infer or imply, I don't know what the right word is, is that she's brain. She's like Terry Shivo, and um, you know. Are we sure she wasn't he, just like a retarded person in a retarded person home? We never see behind the door. So Alan Arkin raped a retard. Well, it's not, look, she was like 25 or something, probably. You know, what's the Jake Flores age? Jake Flores, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. So for for Alex Wolf, he has to figure out a way to live with this like open wound, this like a not being able to have any closure because his mom is all shy vote and Nicolas Cage has now lost everything. But it's the pig. But yeah. But, but then even 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 I don't Alan Arkin too. Like he on his journey he's, he's holding on to something that he didn't even know he was holding on to until he tastes that food and remembers. That was whatever. beautiful man. That's the thing on Nicolas Cage's journey. He never it's I mean dude this is this is just this is living a Christian life. This, this is Christ life. <laughs> Nicholas Cage never raises a finger to anybody. All he wants is his pig back, and all he shows to anyone in his path is compassion and kindness. Even that chef, like he, that scene with that chef, he Nicolas destroys Cage, him. Yeah, Nicholas Cage destroys him. But he's it's like the nicest, most kind mm. thing he could have done for that guy. Because he reminded the guy of his like humanity. He reminded the guy like, you're not, you're living a a, a a fake life. You're not doing what you want. Like this is all fake. You just got comfortable in it. Oh my god, guys, <laughs> what are we doing? I really we should have talked about pig tonight. We should have, man. I, I mean, it's, it's it's funnier to talk about like a mo- a kind of a bad movie and then fall in love with it. 
I just love pig really spoke to me because I'm like, I'm, you know, I, I'm dealing with this stuff right now. And it's like it was just such a great cathartic movie for me. I oh was uh, I was watching it with my mom, and at the end, she was like, "Wait, they're not even gonna give him like a little pig to train?" Like she was expecting that at least <laughs> well, no, happy he, ending at the end. And well, no, he, he says, found. He says, "I don't need this pig to hunt truffles." He's like, "The trees yeah. tell me where they are." And uh, man, I got this is gonna. <laughs> you know what the ending of this a pig reminded me of? We'll get out on this. Did you Did you guys ever watch? <laughs> did you guys ever finish Samurai Jack? No, no, no. So, oh, so season five of Samurai Jack is very similar to Pig. It, uh, and can you expound <laughs> upon that? Yeah, because Samurai Jack is this very tragic character who continually has everything taken taken from him, like Job in the Bible. And season five of Samurai Jack, um he you think he's gonna get a happy ending and he doesn't uh because uh the police raided the massage parlor (laughs) 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 no he it's just he he the way it ends is he loses everything like he's completely alone and he's like save the day he he has all he's been through all this journey but he's like completely alone and it just ends with him. It ends very similar to pig where he goes and sits down and just looks up at the sun. And it's just like, tomorrow's another day, you know? Yeah. So, uh, uh, check out pig and check out a samurai Jack. It's a good companion piece. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Well, I think we'll, I think we'll close out on that note. Uh, so green Inferno, are you officially turned around on this? Would you recommend green Inferno? Absolutely, dude. I fucking love green Inferno, man. I, I, man, thinking back on it, it's, it's such a, just a fun getting high movie, man. I I've honestly really turned around on Nicolas Cage lately. I watched a face off the other day and I had not seen that in like 10, 15 years. Stupid movie. That face off. Love it action movies of all time it's john woo just like i mean yeah john he's Woo's just, just having a good time man oh but, we gotta, i gotta get ready for a show this was fun how do you guys want to do this do you guys want me to throw this up on our patreon hell yeah dude do that promote? yeah 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 do that do that yeah, yeah once you have it uh email it to whoever's Wait, that, you Oh, okay. Don't don't say we're still. Yeah, not what? yet. What are you talking about? What are you getting all? Or are you are you gonna cut for it? All right, yeah, that's been movies for this. I'm not gonna say someone's actual email. Okay. Oh right, yeah, yeah, no. Have, we got a chat have here. An email address already, or I could DM you which email address I would like it to be sent to. Sure, sure, oh, sure. Yeah, just send it, and uh, we'll we'll have our producer throw it up on our Patreon. Awesome. Louis J. Gomez, the producer. Louis okay. J. Gomez. We're going <laughs> to go in there and we're going to say, hey, Louis, why don't you get off your fat ass and upload the goddamn podcast? <laughs> hey, Louis uh, Gomez. Yeah, I forgot the J, bitch. <laughs> right, hold on, I got to say, that was a joke Joe made uh, last night. And it really... <laughs> It really made me laugh. So shout out to Joe for saying, yeah, I forgot the J, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. That has been Movies. Uh, Dalton, link me to your Twitter or something, and we'll put that in the description here. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming on, Dalton. Yeah, thanks for having me.